The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet none of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to impose peace on earth. I have not come to impose peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. And if you wish, you can open the hymnal in front of you to hymn 529. Hymn 529, and then just leave it open on a chair somewhere by you, because we'll go back to it. And Jonathan, where is that E-flat major chord? Let's sing. Jesus, we are gathered. Jesus, we are gathered. Jesus, we are gathered. 
the Sunday service has its, its own rhythm. It's a rhythm as ancient as the church itself. First, we are gathered. We are gathered from all those places where we live and work, gathered by the Holy Spirit for prayer, for praise, for Jesus. Then, the risen Christ meets us in the gathering, in word and sacrament. Christ meets us in word and sacrament to feed us with comfort, with challenge, and for the life, with the life that really is life. And then, once fed, we are sent. Sent with God's blessing into the world. God, sent with God's blessing into the world, not simply to enjoy that blessing, but to be that blessing in the world. We are sent in mission in Jesus' name. It's important to keep that rhythm in mind as we try to come to terms with, with, with the shocking things that Jesus says to us this morning in the gospel reading, else we are likely to come away with the impression that Jesus is just one more bully. Apart from the rhythm of grace, Jesus' words today will sound like one more set of threats. And I think most of us have had our fill of religion that tries to bully us into some form of behavior, to bully us into heaven with threats of hell. No, Jesus is not one of your typical hellfire and brimstone preachers. But he is serious. He is serious about announcing the reign of God as an alternative. Well, I misspoke. As the only real alternative to the way we try to run things. And he wants to enlist us in his mission. Jesus doesn't come among us this morning breathing threats in God's name. Rather, he comes to warn us. He warns those who are gathered and fed of what we will likely face when we are sent in his name. Because as we take up that commission and acknowledge him, and acknowledge the, the power of God's reign in our lives for the sake of the world, we will inevitably share also in Christ's cross. Let's sing it. Jesus, we are gathered. Jesus, we are gathered. Jesus, we are gathered. We are gathered, Lord Jesus, for you.
Jesus speaks of fear. He speaks of peace. He speaks of sword. Fear. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear the one who can destroy both soul and hell in body. Soul and body in hell. Fear of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, says Psalm 111. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Have you ever puzzled about that statement? It's worth sitting back for a moment and thinking about it. Fear of God. There is a difference between what was called servile fear and the kind of fear that is devoted to one who cares for you with the power to care for you. There is the kind of fear that we can experience when we know that our job is hanging by a thread and that the person who has the power to decide whether or not we will keep that job does not have our best interests at heart. There is the kind of fear that comes from living in a neighborhood with a neighborhood bully, the kid who picks on you for whatever reason, the kid who picks on you because of the way you look or the kind of food you eat or how well you do in school. There are those forms of fear and they are real. Then there is also the fear of acknowledging Jesus before others. There is the fear of, in some context that really demands us to think about what it is that really motivates our lives and shapes our hope. As we give voice to that hope and motivation, we end up talking about our faith, or do we? Because I think a lot of us, a lot of us, in so many of the circles in which we live, are afraid to do that. That is different, that kind of fear, than fear of God. Fearing God is, a, is it, 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 it really means something like deep respect or awe, right? Fearing God is tied to recognizing God's holiness, God's otherness. And holiness is, is more than being good and pure and perfect. God's holiness, as we experience it, is being overwhelmed utterly by how great and powerful and, and unique God is. It means standing in awe of how totally other God is. When I was a kid, my pastor talked to us about the fear of the Lord in terms of an analogy with the sun, and it still makes sense to me. The sun. The sun is the biggest, most powerful thing in the solar system, right? There's nothing even 
nothing else even remotely like it in our corner of the universe. It's, it's an indispensable source of life. Hmm? It's also dangerous. Even here on Earth, 92 million miles away from the sun, if we spend too much time outside, the sun can burn us, leave us hurting for days. It can do serious, lasting damage to our skin. We're not even supposed to look at the sun, right? But the sun isn't dangerous because it's evil or out to get us. It's dangerous because of all the things that make it good and life-giving. It's light. It's heat. God is like that. God is like the sun, but more, totally different than anything else we know, the source of all life, powerful in ways we cannot imagine, and dangerous, dangerous to us because of that power, that goodness, that otherness, dangerous to our egos, dangerous to our way of life. God is bigger and more incomprehensible than anything God is beyond everything in the universe, and that produces awe. But what is truly awe-inspiring is that this God hung on the cross. What is truly awe-inspiring is that this God hung on the cross for you, this God hung on the cross and suffered. Suffered a human death of agony. That is awe-inspiring that this one, so utterly other and beyond, chose to share the depths of our fate with us in order to fill us with the life that is life. Jesus, we are gathered. Jesus, we not think that I have come to impose peace on earth. I have not come to impose peace, but a sword. Wow. Shocking words spoken by the Prince of Peace. Shocking words spoken, spoken by the one who says, come to me, all you who labor, and I will give you rest. Shocking words spoken by the one in whom we know the peace of God. To follow Jesus on his way, to trust that Jesus 
is the one in whom the reign of God has dawned, and to trust his call to attempt to the best of our power and strength and faith to live the reign of God will inevitably bring us into conflict with the way things are done. Friends, often we come to church because we're hungry for some form of peace in our lives. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. That hunger for peace and wholeness and shalom is a gift of God. That yearning can often bring us into community like this, but the purpose of our gathering, the purpose of our gathering and being fed and being sent is not simply to bask in a, shallow, a sense of peace that we feel within ourselves. God is about mending all that is broken in creation and in our baptism, we too have experienced Christ's call to become a part of the way that God is mending all things. This is what it means when we speak of the kingdom of God, the reign of God. God is about using us to mend. And that will inevitably lead us into conflict. Peacemaking is a part of the life to which we are called. But the way to peace is not through avoidance of conflict. And Jesus, Jesus himself, as we read through any of the Gospels, we see Jesus continuously engaged in, in, in robust controversy. His followers can expect no less. And our mission, our mission to join Jesus in preaching God's shalom and peace can only be accomplished by sharing his experience of conflict. We're the forces of the world and sometimes even members of our own families are opposed to that shalom. Jesus, we are gathered. Jesus, we are gathered. Jesus, we are gathered. We are gathered, Lord Jesus, for hairs of your head are numbered. The hairs of your head are numbered. God has an easier time counting the hairs on my head than the hairs of many other heads. The hairs of your head are numbered. God so loves you, is so wrapped up in your best interest that God knows you from the inside out and will draw you through the eye of the needle, not around it, 
through the eye of the needle into the only shalom, which is really shalom. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to walk with Christ. At whatever point of life you are in, whether you are 86 or 6, do not be afraid to walk with Christ into that vision to which he calls you. Because what waits for you there is the God who burns like the sun and burns off dross and warms and lights and fuels life, your life. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us at htelc.com. And don't forget, you are loved.